Welcome to Adventure Freaks, a podcast on living abroad on a budget. Udhana Kasala Abesakera is my guest today. Thank, thank you, Udhana, for, for joining me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for the invite. Uh, love to be here. Okay, Udhana is a is a, a a special guest. He he lives in in Italy. He lives in a, a region called Abruzzo, Italy, and he lives in this really beautiful town. I I've never been there. I'd look, but it looks so gorgeous from some of the pictures that I that I saw. It's called Marino di San Vito. Is that correct? San, that's that's correct. Okay. Yeah. And Udhana is originally from Sri Lanka. He, he grew up there, and that is a, a beautiful island as well. I mean, it's, um, I'm actually looking to <laughs> talk to somebody and meet somebody that lives over there um, soon, eventually, hopefully. But uh, yeah, and then, he, and then you moved from Sri Lanka to um, Australia, um, and then you eventually found your way over to Italy. That's right. Yes. Okay. And so Udhana is in aviation and he, he flies planes or used to fly planes. I, I, you, I'm, and you're a sailor, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. I used to do that as a hobby, which took up most of my time outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome, man. And then you live in this, this coastal region um, of Italy. And I'm going to pull a map up to show people where it's at. And you, you have a, you guys make wine on your property. Is, is that right? Or? Yeah, uh, predominantly we grow the wines, uh, but we make wine as well for, um, but not for commercial use, but the actual grapes are produced for commercial use. So we take it to a local cantina. That's how things work around here. And uh, yeah. Wow. Nice. Can you see the map? Is the map up? Yep. I could okay. see the map. Yeah, it's okay. okay. So I have it kind of honed in, or it's kind of pulled back, so we can look over here. Here's Sri Lanka right here. If we pull in, so all right, that was too fast. So we're right here, which is this beautiful little island below India, and then. You made your way all the way to another beautiful destination. Um, and you are kind of directly across from Rome on the coast yep. near Pescata. That's right. Yep, that's correct. And let's pull in a little bit more. And there it is, San Vito. That's where I am. Okay. Marino di San Vito. San Vito. That's correct. Yeah. Very cool. So my first question is that you, you know, you're, you've bounced around a bit. How did you, how did you end up finding Italy and in particular, um, San uh, Marino di San Vito? Yeah. It was a bit of a change for me. So I think if you come from, let's say, directly from Sri Lanka to Italy, I think there will be a different sense of um, like different kind of change. But coming from Australia again, 
it was sort of like going back in time, but in a good way. Um, people here are very simple and uh, they love their food and they love their wine. Um, but yeah, Abruzzo, like especially San Vito, is a very, San Vito is a small town, obviously in Abruzzo, which is divided into four bits. But this region here, um, it's not the typical Tuscany that you see or the Puglia down south. It's, it's a little bit reserved and uh, kind of tucked away. Um, tourists, mainly German, uh, Swiss, like European tourists, um, I know about this area, but living wise, um, it is a very simple life, uh, which I kind of enjoy in this moment of uh, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did did work take you there? I mean, did did was what you do in aviation take you to Italy? No, no. So my wife is originally from Italy. I met her uh, three years back in uh, three years back in Australia, and we decided to move uh, last year. And it was kind of the right timing with uh, my company being restructured and COVID happening. So I thought, right. The plan was to go traveling for six months because I had that much leave saved up and uh, cheap tickets. Unfortunately, had to kind of give that idea up due to COVID. So we, um, yeah, came came straight here. So you're still able to work with your, your organization? No, uh, we kind of cut ties after a while because um, mm. they did some sort of uh, restructure. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, so what are you what are you doing now? I mean, as far as like um, daily activities, there, I, like a couple conversations we had, you were um, crushing grapes for wine, and and I I got so jealous that I had to pop a cork and have a have a glass of wine, and then the other I think the other day we spoke and you were doing something with olives, so I I might. <laughs> It sounds awesome, man. But what what are you doing to to to, to stay active over there? Sure. So we just finished the harvest, uh, grape harvest, uh, about a week ago. Usually in, around this part of the world, it starts around late July, early August. And uh, normally they start with a wide variety of grapes. And then it normally stretched to about, it depends on how much land you have. Uh, it could stretch to about eight weeks or so. And if the weather's kind of okay. And as soon as that's done, um, yeah, we kind of have an orchard as well. So we had the apples that we had to pick a few days and now we're doing the olives. Um, we've got about 200 trees. Wow. Uh, it, it's a lot of work for not much oil, but I'll tell you the taste is uh, second to none. Wow. So, so when you guys do that, do you actually, do you have the equipment or the machinery that it, that it requires to, to make the oil there on the, on the property um, or do you ship it out? No, no, no. So there's a place called Front Oil. That's how, uh, that's where they make the oil. That's how they call it here. Okay. Um, each town has a little, like a small house that's like dedicated to making wine. So you take your wine there, you kind of telephone them up and say, hey, I'm bringing my, uh, sorry, not wine, uh, the olives. Mm -hmm. And they'll wait in front of you and they'll crush it overnight or something like that. And then you pick it up. Um, it comes in batches. So they label the olives that you bring, mm -hmm. uh, put it in a giant tub, and that's yours. So uh, it's a bit different from uh, uh, from the next guy over because the olives could be different. There could be a, a bit more olive oil inside the olive or not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and they uh, 
it's really cheap. It's so cheap um, for someone who comes from Australia or UK. They'd be like, what the hell? How can these people survive? But this is how they do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, what is what is it like living in San Vito? I mean, it's an area, like you say, a little bit off the radar. Some people are yeah. familiar with it, but are you in walking proximity to the beach? Can you... Can you walk or scooter to cafes that are the, you know, cafes, coffee shops, pubs, restaurants? Um, how accessible is all that stuff? Um, it's, it's all within a three, four K radius. Um, the beach, I could walk to the beach from where, from the vineyard. I could walk there in about 10 minutes time. Or um, we have a little beach hut house type thing. It's about 30 seconds from the beach. Everyone, um, there's, there is uh, some restaurants that's in the Michelin Guide, but it's very, like, it's catered to local people here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some really nice restaurants. Um, there's no pubs. There are no pubs here. Uh, the closest pub is about half an hour away, and it's not kind of a pub. It's, there's no big pub bar culture here. Yeah. Um, plenty of cafes um, and plenty of... Um, street food that that's what we're known for around here okay and like the cafes they all serve like vino right you can get like a glass of wine pretty much anywhere you can pretty much you can start yeah. out at early as seven o'clock if you want um yeah. usually aperitivo starts around four thirty-five, mm-hmm. and you can see everyone with a glass of wine or a spritz uh, until about eight o'clock at night yeah uh, at a bar yeah and how, how are the beaches over there? Are they the rocky style type beaches or are they more sandy or? You got both. So you got a bit of rocky bits, you got a bit of sand, you got a bit of rocky, you got a bit of sand. Um, uh, it's pretty much free. You can go anytime you want. But during summertime, there are parts that public areas that get reserved. Um, they call Lido's. So it's pretty much a sunbed and a hut, which you have to pay money for. But usually, if you go at this time of the year, there's plenty of space. Uh, but during summer season, you could see the council uh, will cordon some areas off. Okay. So um, you're, you're coming from Australia. So Australia is a very, very beautiful um, country as well. What has been the biggest adjustment for you as a, as a person leaving Australia and, and moving to Italy? The biggest for me is dealing with the government side of things or the bureaucracy. Um, I thought it was just, uh, what do you call it? Just a fantasy that people talk about, but I actually experienced that um, quite heavily here. And it's not just me. A lot of expats find it very difficult to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon that would be the only thing. Uh, the rest is a bit of a lifestyle adjustment um, mm-hmm. for the better. Yeah. The better. Can, have, yeah. Can you speak the language? Have you learned how to speak Italian? I can speak Italian. Uh, I can understand well. Yeah. But um, speaking, I still make a lot of mistakes. Um, it's all self-taught or just being exposed uh, to the rest. But in Abruzzo, you don't speak Italian, Italian, because every region in Italy has their own dialect. Mm-hmm. So here you call it Abruzzese. Sometimes I had a friend over from Tuscany 
Uh, he's Italian, obviously. He goes like, I don't, I don't know how you survive here because I only got two of, of every 10 words. So <laughs> wow, it's, it's a bit different. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, so it's kind of like going from the North to the South in the U S here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, you pretty got a really much. heavy Southern, Southern draw when you head down to the South and sometimes you got to listen very closely to understand what people are saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as far as like, um, okay, so let's look at, uh, price wise. I mean, Italy has, is, you know, They've been in the news in the last couple of years. I don't know if you've heard of like the one euro homes that were being sold. Have you heard mm -hmm. about that? That there was some yeah, one, yeah, yeah, one dollar homes that were being sold in communities that are becoming um, um, unpopulated. There's just no work to sustain a population in smaller communities. So they've yeah. met many, I guess, get, you know, rural communities throughout Italy have become abandoned. And um, and what the government is doing is they've they've sold some of these houses for a dollar and they've had, you know, many Europeans some, I guess, U US, some U.S. Um, individuals purchase those properties. And, uh, and they're, they've done it, I guess, for the last couple of years. But it's kind of put Italy on a map of going you know, especially for people here where I'm at in the U.S. going, you know, Europe has never really been a destination where people thought about, um, you know, going to to in, invest in and live um, in retirement because it's always been kind of like an expensive place. Unless you're, you know, well off and you have some money, you can do that. A lot of people, they decide to go down to Mexico or you know regions of mexico because you can stretch your income out you know and it's close to america some people go to coast costa rica panama um but now italy's on the map and, it's, and other parts of europe are becoming more desirable because of the affordability aspect um so how in that in san vito i mean what's what's a what's is it affordable over there i mean what would a flats run and what does real estate go for over there? I mean, what can you get it for? Um, so uh, that's such a really good question because I've been just talking with some of my friends back in the US and uh, around Europe about the one euro houses. Um, you don't get a lot of those houses around here. Right. Um, they're trying to get people into these villages. Um, obviously, it's mostly, mainly catered for people who are investing their retirement over here rather mm. than you coming over because they tried the concept of smart working villages so you just become a digital nomad or like you come over and work remotely but the uh, cables for internet uh, they're kind of <laughs> 10 years um, back so mm. around here uh, it's really affordable and it depends on what kind of property that you're looking for. A lot of the people from the US, when they come over here, they still want a very original, like sort of stone house. They go more towards a mountain in Abruzzo um, to get it. And around here, you can easily get something for less than 150,000 US dollars, mm. um, a, a quite functioning place, like in, in a really good condition, or you can buy anything from about 30,000 euros and just pour another 20 into it and do it all up and retire. Well, I wow. actually know a couple who did that. Yeah. 
Well, how how big uh, is something that is thirty k? So figure, you throw fifty, sixty thousand into something like that. Is that a flat or is it a home or how no, how, and be, how large is it? It will be a you know a standing house with a bit okay. of a garden. Um, you don't get too many flats here unless you're closer to Pescara, which is like a university region. Um, towards the mountain is where a lot of the retirees or expat kind of go because they want to enjoy the mountain life off the grid. Mm -hmm. um, around here, you, you still get a little bit of... Um, uh, it, it's we only just getting on the map. So San Vito is sort of... Uh, people people are getting to know this area a little bit better in the last two, two or three years. Um, yeah, so it's very, very affordable uh, if you bring your retirement over. Yeah, so we're, we'll have to do this in a year from now again because you know once it gets discovered, the prices you're you're stating now are going to be doubled. <laughs> doubled. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, I always say so. Umbria, which is um, further up, uh, two states up, which is next to Tuscany, it's it's sort of going to be the next Tuscany, but it's been in the making for about ten years. So people are slowly shifting. That, that mentality over there. I think Abruzzo is still about a good 10 to 15 years away. So if you're still thinking of retiring in about 15, 20 years, I think everything will be still kind of kind of yeah. around that mark. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, I want to pull the map up because I was looking at this other area. I, I want to see if you know anything about it. There okay. was, um, it's a little bit further down. Let me see here. Um, okay, it's over by, have you been down to, um, it's close to, uh, oh, there it is. Polignano. Polignano. Amare, see, yes, it's. Have you, have you been there? I have been there. We got married there two years ago. Okay. So I got a, I got a buddy that lives in Rome and uh, he yeah. was telling me we were planning a trip to spend the summer in Italy um, just before COVID hit that summer we were coming and then it, everything shut down and it, uh, and it, um, you know, we had to, you know, kill the plans, yeah. but but he was, he mentioned this area, we were going to spend two months in, in Italy and just kind of bounce around and stay in places for like a couple of weeks here, a couple of weeks there. Um, and he mentioned this place, which I've never been to. So you got married there. Yeah, I did. It's very, the pictures that I've seen are, are gorgeous because they don't, they have like homes built like in these little caves and yeah. in the mountain. Yeah, there's, there's also um, a very famous restaurant. It's, it's like a grotto. I don't know whether you've seen it on postcards. Um, it's still there. And whatever you see on postcards or, or on the internet is exactly how it is, or it's even more beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's a, it's a, what are like, uh, now when you compare where you're at and send Vito to, to a place like that to purchase property or rent. Are we talking a difference in, in cost? Uh, yeah. Um, hundred percent. Vast um, difference. Reckon, yeah. It will be anything North from 35% to 40% North. And Oh, wow. Yeah. 
because it's a very um, it's a very touristy destination for starters, um, and you can see a lot of the apartments in like central bit. They're all converted to Airbnbs or like BNBs or hotel hostels type thing, and uh, they're kind of yeah sort of heavily on the, the, the touristy side. So wherever there is tourists, you see a massive price hike and. Uh, and it's very close to other regions in Puglia as well, like some really cool places. So it's quite central. Mm-hmm. And from Bari Airport, which is like one of the main airports in that region, yeah, it's about a 25-minute drive south, 25 to 30-minute drive south. So it's very close to trains, planes, and everything. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit of a very like expensive area. Yeah. Hey, Udhana, hold on one second, okay? My dog is barking outside. I'm going to go let him in. Give me one second. All right. He's happy. I locked him in. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay. So like, uh, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense because I think what it does come down to when you're, when you're searching for property in, in places around Europe, um, you can still find really great deals, but you have to go to, um, areas that most people, especially like Americans or Aussies or, you know, people that just don't ever know the name of the city, right? Like, I, I, I don't know of uh, Marino di San Vito. Yeah. I've never heard of it until you and I met, yeah. you know, so it's still kind of off the radar, but that's what makes it special because it's beautiful. It's off the coast. It offers all of the same things that you can access uh, throughout Italy. Yeah, and and the good thing about so a lot of people have asked me like how how have you adjusted because I used to travel a lot and uh, that's one thing I love to do is travel around Italy as well. My wife, um, it is so close to so many places you don't realize it. So as a crow flight, it's about 150 k's to Rome, but because of the mountains and the Apennines mountains etc., it's a bit of a curvy bit. So it's about two and a half hour maximum drive two hours on a good day um, you can catch the bus it's the same thing and there's an airport here called Pescara which is 30 minutes north of where I live and uh, you can get eight euro tickets from the UK or like somewhere in France uh, obviously uh, the dates are very limited um, you have one or two flights a sort of week um, but it's quite central so if you love Tuscany you could drive up to Tuscany in five hours or less. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to go up to Milan, it's about a six hour drive, six, seven hour drive. Or if you want to go to the south, to Puglia, um, yeah, I had a mate come over, I told him to get off in Rome, drive straight across to San Vito, rest. And then we went all down to down south to Polignano and then we went back up north. So it's quite central. Yeah, yeah. How, fa- how far are you away from Venice? Venice and a bit far away, so it's about an eight eight hour drive. And you can you can 
you could take the train up there from where you're at as well? Yep. Uh, you can take the train. So you go from here to Pescara, you take the local train and from there you'll go all the way to Bologna. And then okay. from Bologna, then you'll just um, take the other train to Venice. So okay. just and then a you're... few stops. And how far are you from Rome again, if you drove? Um, driving anything from two to two and a half hours. Okay. And Florence? Florence, I've just been there. So about four and a half hours on a good day. Okay. So out of all of the, the, you know, your experience, how many years have you been in Italy now? Not just over a year. Just okay. So your, your experience in Italy, so, so far in, in exploring um, Italy, what areas really speak to you? What, what areas have really gone? Wow, I love this area. For me, for me, it has to be Tuscany. Tuscany. Um, Tuscany, yes. Um, my wife and I did a like sort of a drive with another friend, and we did like these stopovers. We just didn't know where we were going, so the day, like a few hours before, we started booking places. It is a magical place, and if you mm. love wine and you're into your wine, um, it's quite nice. And you will never see a ruin or an old house abandoned in Tuscany because people take pe people pride themselves in you know keeping that self, uh, place the mm. way it's meant to be here you can see a lot of abandoned houses around uh, quite mm. a lot actually yeah but that part yeah so the food the wine the people they're just lovely and uh, if you're just learning italian that's one of the only places that speak the proper like italian like the original version like that's the purest italian you can hear in tuscany wow See, like, um, so did, on the, did, did, are you talking like in the countryside when you, when you go to Tuscany that are you talking going to little towns in the countryside or, or, or did you stay along the coast at all? Or I did both. I did both. Okay. So if you go along the coast, it's a bit, so you can do this place. Um, if you're coming from the North, let's say from the Liguria side, um, Northwest, you can come down to Cinque Terre, which is like really nice. Um, like Beautiful. A tourist attraction. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, it's a Positano, that kind of, not Positano, sorry, um, Portofino, my mm -hmm. apologies. Mm -hmm. And then you come down and then there's Forte de Mami, which is sort of the, where the exclusive rich people hang out. You can see all the big yachts and designer clothes stores there, but a little further south or when you go a bit inland, um, Pisa, Pisa is a big, big city. Yeah. And um, you can find a McDonald's there because mm. it's so far and like far apart, like fast food, sort of unheard of mm -hmm. um, here. But then, um, yeah, the heart of Tuscany is where I'm talking about. It has best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I was in, um, I was in uh, Cinque Terre, um, a real majority. I spent about mm -hmm. a I, just under a week there um, in 1995, and that was before Rick Steves. Do you know who? Oh, Rick right. Steves? Yeah, before, yeah. Before Rick should... Steves put it on the map, and everybody right. discovered it, and now everybody flocks to that place. And I hear it's just quite, quite different from the time that I was there. The only people that trekked to Cinque Terre back in '95 were just really backpackers and travelers yeah. that were just getting off a train and 
and getting on a trail and finding a, a pension or a hostel to kind of hang in for a while, you know? Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. absolutely stunningly beautiful. You're right. Have you had an opportunity to go check out Sicily yet? No, no, that's on the cards uh, now. Yeah, um, we were there's... we were going to end our trip in Taormina, and I hear that's right. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I've heard my friends just been there, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we're when we talk about where where you're at, it sounds in, in very very affordable. So you can find stuff for 150k to purchase, and you are talking a home. Typically, are homes like two bedroom, three bedroom with a bath? Two to three bedroom, and usually you have uh, one, like two baths, but um, some houses will have one, but usually two. Okay, and on a budget, you could find something for about 30K. With a 20K renovation, you're going to have a pretty nice place. Yeah, that's correct. And you, in, in pretty much living in San Vito, you can, you can walk to the beaches, you can walk to places yep. it's all within like a three kilometer um that's great proximity yeah that's great um just to give you an idea because i did a bit of digging before and spoke to a friend who who's been here and helping a lot of expats out um the monthly income here uh, monthly sorry rent for a two-bedroom apartment in a city center uh two to three bedroom is around about 500 pounds uh, okay. 500, not pounds, sorry, um, euros, yeah. but a house, the sort of houses that I was talking about, um, in a small village, it's around about 250 euros. That would be pretty much, um, you know, mid to high range sort of, uh, thing. You could, rent, you could rent a house for that. You can rent a whole house for that. And you don't see anything beyond 300 for the type of house that I was talking about. So and I'm talking two to three bedroom, two to three bedroom um, houses in, in San Vito for $250, $300. That's great. Rent. And, but if you, if you go, and it's not just San Vito. So San Vito is a small town in Abruzzo. Yeah. So that's the average across. So most of the towns that we were talking about are like San Vito minus the beach. So the more inland you go, you get the mountains. Yeah. About 30 where I am. Um, so anything between the beach and the mountains is around about that. What are utilities per month, approximately? Utilities, right. Per month, you're looking at about, so you, electricity and gas for cooking and heating. Gas, Wi-Fi, maybe all your cell phone, cell phone as well. Yeah, all, all together, you're looking under about, under 200. Okay. Okay. And then groceries, groceries Sorry, per I, month for like a person or two people. Let's go with just no. like a groceries for a person per month. Groceries per month. Anything between 100 and 150. The reason I'm saying that is you, you try to stay local here. Okay. You got the big supermarkets, but for example, you buy the olive oil from like say a local nonna which you know a very old elderly lady or a or a guy you buy the, no, normally here there's a lot of exchanges that go on and they're not quite monetary either so yeah. for example if you have eggs you swap it still happens um you can swap your eggs for some olive oil or you can you know get 
The, do you know how much is a two and a half kilogram bread from the local bakery baked every morning? How much? 90 cents to a dollar, um, like a euro. Fresh bread. I'm not kidding. And a, is a it, cup of it. Udana, it, it gluten-free? <laughs> they do have that option too, actually. They do have that that's my weakness, man, is, is, uh, is bread and cheese is a big weakness of mine. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like things are very affordable here. And usually if you have, own a house, you, you kind of have your own garden. So you call it like an otto, which is like a vegetable patch. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't go to supermarkets to buy things unless you, you know, sort of need it. Mm -hmm local produce you can get it for like next to nothing yeah yeah does san vito have like a square where people can meet and kind of wander in the evening yep so san vito is divided into three bits san vito paese is where the council is and it's just where the lookout is you can see like a 360 uh, view usually only the local locals hang out they just bring a chair out from the houses and just chill on the street but usually in San Vito, they go down to the San Vito Marina. So Marina di San Vito, uh, they'll just hang out next to the pier. Okay. A, a nice walk. Yeah. And pick up a gelato or cannoli. That's correct. And, and, uh, uh, gelato is very uh, um, popular. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, the, and you're saying the, the, the X-Pac factor is picking up there? Yep, I've seen, so I've only met a handful of expats because word gets around, hey, this guy's from Australia or this guy's from the US. Um, there's a lot of expats living in the mountains because they wanted that off-grid type, you know, lifestyle off the grid. Um, but there's a few here, retirees mainly. Yeah. Okay. So I hear one of the biggest challenges with Italy is they're very, they're very, um, high as far as how much you need to make to be able to live there so um so to get it like some kind of a visa a live live uh it's so it's i, th I think from what i've heard i correct i don't know if you know i i think i've heard that it's like people have to show that they make like 2500 or 3000 per month um to be able to gain a visa and live so retirees have to show that they have this this income coming in. And if you don't, Italy won't let you in. I mean, you could do, I think, what what you call like a three-month tourist visa, but you'd always have to leave the country, come back every three months. Um, yep. I don't know if you know more about that. Is that does that sound accurate or yeah, that you're you're on the ball with this because um, I had to suffer a little bit. I, I think I'm still suffering. Um just to give you a bit of perspective. Um, so Italy has different types of visas that they give out. And when you're, when you're part of Italy, uh, because you're in the European Union, you sort of have this free movement agreement that comes with it. Mm -hmm. due, to, uh, due to, like say from migrants, refugees to normal immigrants, or like say people coming to study here, or like there's different categories, but they kind of put them into one basket. So everyone has this sort of standard, but it's never followed through. Uh, so it's very different from different councils to different police stations to different 
regions um, here, they're not very inconsistent. So mm. the best thing to do is, um, so with retirees, I think they, it's called an elective residency visa. So all they want to see is money coming in on a monthly basis, rather than you showing I've got a million dollars in a bank. Yeah, I think you, it's very hard to prove because they think that you can put a million dollars in a bank and just show it to get a visa and then, you know, you can sure. kind of move over. But uh, it is very bureaucratic, the process, even for me as a person who's married to an Italian, I'm meant to get like a long term five year. So my, my residency is forever. But there's a thing called permesso di giorno, uh-huh. which is it's called the permission to stay. Now, when you apply, you have to do it within eight days of arrival into the country. But for them to issue you an appointment to get it, and the process could take anything up to 12 months. And that time, you can't sort of leave the country either. Oh, <laughs> and wow. uh, if you want to stay there for beyond five years, you, I had to show that I have a regular income coming. And yeah. uh, the Italians are very good at having a lot of rules and regulations to confuse themselves. So they kind of push you to do things um, that you shouldn't be doing as well. So you have yeah. to make the right call to be cautious, which is the right thing for you to do or, or not. Because they say, oh, go and make a contract. It's okay. We just need to see. But it's always not the same standard. They don't follow the same standard everywhere. So one place is different to another. So uh-huh. I had another guy who came with the exact same circumstances from Australia. He sort of got a got away with it easy because he said that my parents, my in-laws earned this much and they kind of got that through. But here they said that, no, 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 you're your own separate family. And uh, the rules are sort of like wishy-washy everywhere you go. So be very cautious. Wow. And uh, yeah, if you're a retiree, all they want to see is a regular income coming in. And mm. um, um, that meets the minimum standards. I think it's as long as you can show more than 8,700 euros a year per person. So for a couple, it would be just around the 20 mark. Mm-hmm. I think then you're pretty good. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like there's no continuity among the regions there. No. They just kind of make their own decisions based on what region you're in. Are, are there, is right. it, do you think it's more political or does it have something to do with maybe some regions or some pockets are more conservative than others what what do you think it is it's all of what you just mentioned plus more yeah Um, without being too morbid about this topic um it's if you're an expert in becoming just you've got to have a lot of patience to deal with this because for example the police station where they issue like things around here they don't like to use a computer, even though the computers are an absolute must. Yeah. But then if you go to a more touristy area like Tuscany or like that region or somewhere up the north, they sort of act very differently. So here you can go to a government office and say, here's, here's a piece of paper that shows this is the regulation you need to follow. There's no accountability here. So they can just turn around and walk away. Yeah. So you've got to be ready for that sort of thing. Yeah, it sounds to me like, you know, when you when you move into an area of uh, Italy where there's not a lot of expats, it sounds to me like you're going to run into, you know, some challenges 
right? Because it's a, it just seems yeah. like a, people might be able to navigate the system a little bit better if the, if you just said, I'm going to go live in Rome, you know, because there's so many expats that live in Rome, you know, and so mm -hmm. many expats that live in Florence. But yeah. uh, I don't, I, I'm guessing that it would probably be an easier road and the system is a little bit more accommodating. I don't know, but... That, that's true. That's true. Um, if you're a European citizen, however, things are a little bit more easier um, to get about because they sort of fall under the EU sort of framework, which they should be following, but they don't most of the time. Mm -hmm. But again, it's a bit easier than people from the US or Canada or Australia. And another big thing to think about before moving is your driver's license. So you get 12 months to drive on your international driver's permit, which is your normal US license with a sort of translation. Uh, after that, you've got to sit the exam in a manual car and you have to uh, do it all in Italian. Now that exam is hard for Italians themselves. Sure. And they don't have any translation. So if you go to France, Germany, all those countries, they issue you like a translated version. And also, when you do it, if you get through this, then you are a new driver, which means you have restrictions. So you can only drive a car that's like really small. You can't drive after dark. Um, you can't go on the autostrada uh, for like for about two to three years. So you've got to be mindful of that too. Um, yeah. Some families who moved from Australia were struggling because they have these massive cars that they used to to transport their kids and stuff, and then suddenly. Like one of them have to like, you know, get a Fiat Cinquecento. Beautiful car, not the most practical when you're having a family. So that's something you need to worry about. Yeah. So you're, you're working on getting your license or did you get it? I didn't get it um, because uh, I just expired. But I live in a farm, so I'm, I'm sort of okay. But I might be moving to a different destination soon, which... <laughs> allows you to convert an Australian license. So once I okay. get that, I might, you know, I could come back here as a European, like what do you call it, with that license. Gotcha. However, there are some countries uh, that they have a, a agreement with, but the key is to have the license issued before you take up residency here. You, okay. Because you can't go back and get it. So they offer a Sri Lankans the license. Yeah. Because of COVID, I couldn't stop over to get my license and come over here. So because I came here directly, I can't go back and get it. So all those little nuances will kind of drive you up the wall. Yeah. And you just open the window and look outside and be like, okay, you know, it's a compromise. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, in a couple of years, once you, you work through all of the, I guess, the... Um... I don't know what you'd call it, but kind of chaos is you're working your way through to, to, to kind of find your way to, to, to be acclimated, fully acclimated into Italy. It just seems complicated <laughs> starting out, you know, it but when, once you get it all settled, I think that nah, then you, now you can breathe and now you can relax and it's all in That's place. Right. That's right. But, um, yeah, a lot of people struggle, but at the same time, you've got a really good, uh, bunch of expats um, I follow a few groups on Facebook as well as um, there are some other forums and um, they kind of help you out 
even for the license, like people who've gone through the process before will give you, here's an Excel spreadsheet with all the words you need to learn type thing. So again, it's a challenge, but it's sort of a good challenge in a way. Um, sure. Um, yeah. What is what? What do you do about healthcare, and how is healthcare? Is it affordable in Italy? Healthcare is very affordable. Again, it will depend on the hospital and where you are. So, as a resident, a taxpaying resident, or a family member, like say, for example, a spouse, you're entitled for whatever the Italians are entitled for the rest of Italy. So you get. It's like a. I don't know. But you guys got the same thing. We have a thing called Medicare card, which is mm -hmm. like you just go to the hospital, you pay hardly anything, you just pay a small gap. But again, the waiting lists are quite long. Mm -hmm. Again, there are private health insurance. You can you can kind of skip all those things, uh, which is sort of affordable um, for the basics um, for an expat. But again, there are specialist expat um, medical insurances. So a lot of them do have that, but usually healthcare is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And and it's is it like a national healthcare? Where it is. Anybody it can. Actually, okay. Yeah, but it kind of goes beyond Italy as well because they part of the European Union. Let's say you're a spouse of an Italian citizen and you're entitled for that. Let's say you go and something happens in France or Germany, it's still covered under that banner, like that framework. So oh, okay. You don't, walk out additional funding so they yeah. should be looking after you yeah that's that that sounds great and in the, the healthcare, yeah. i is it pretty pretty decent I, I haven't even looked at the rankings it it's very different from regions to region um we are expecting uh, uh our first baby and my my wife decided to go through the um the public system and it was terrible before last year but apparently this year, it is just in tip-top shape and there are new doctors, there are young, motivated people doing it and we have no complaints so far. So yeah. it really depends. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. Do you, do you know if it's a boy or girl yet? Or It's a girl. It's a girl. A girl? Wow. Yeah. Very nice. And when does yeah. she do? When does she, she do? Um, Any time between end of December and sort of, the second week of January. Here, they don't give you an exact date, so they just tell you randomly, yeah, approximately yeah. when it is. Yeah. Wow, are you getting? Are you excited or? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting very excited. And, yeah. Uh, she she's gonna have three passports as soon as she's born. <laughs> she's really lucky. <laughs> That's a, exactly, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's the big game changer, buddy. Yeah, I've been told. It's yeah. the big game changer, you know, you're the, all that sailing and flying you do, getting in an airplane and going to fly over the ocean and all that's going to come to an end. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But my wife is pushing me not to change my lifestyle completely, but I think it comes down to affordability because I've been not working for a year. But I, I think, I think like the two of us still want to, hang on to our adventurous side and get our little baby into that kind of stuff as well. That's like, right. You that's it. You take the kid with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who did exactly the same and yeah, the kid's pretty awesome. He's into everything. <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, 
before uh yeah before let's let's break down the um the numbers here so if yeah. if um it, it sounds to me like it, in um san vito region on that uh east coast of of italy there's there's places that you can pretty much live very frugally so i'm looking at you know and let's just just look at rents i mean if you can if you can get a, a rent a, a house for 250 300 a month let's even go high 300 then we're looking at um the um, utilities i think you said were um anything from 200 200 200 yeah okay and then groceries were about 100 to 150 50 yep so you're really looking at and then what do you what do you think for like entertainment when you go out for dinners and you go you do things and you buy ice cream and you go to the bakery and you get you know what do you yep. what do you spend per month on like that kind of entertainment if you want to go see a show or a an opera or a ballet are those things going on in san vito that kind of there's no opera or ballet but once in a while there'll be like uh, some sort of jazz musician coming or like there'll be some sort of event where you book beforehand but it's very affordable like we went to a jazz concert um kind of popular italian artist two italian artists in a nice arena it's about 30 bucks per person Mm -hmm. And that went for about six hours. I think that's quite affordable and that's quite reasonable. Yeah. So I've got the breakdown here, actually. Um, to answer your question about the meals, mid-range restaurant with about three courses for two people, you're looking at anything from 40 to 60. That's okay. including your wine. Okay. All right. And how often... Um do you guys get out like once a week a couple times a week or uh during summer maybe a couple times a week during winter okay. maybe once a week or so yeah okay so overall in a month would you say entertainment would be about 150 200 or it depends on like whether you have guests over and stuff like that but or you're going to concerts i reckon one to 150 okay yeah. So we'll go 150 is the high mark here. Um, that's groceries. So three, five. So, I mean, it, it looks like, I mean, from what, if you break it down, I mean, there are parts of Italy that you can live comfortably for 800, 900 a month. That's correct. Yeah, that, that's correct. So one of my friends wrote an article about this. It says a couple can live a La Dolce Vita in Abruzzo for about 1,200 euros a month. Yeah. That's including having a car as well. So what we didn't account for before was having a car. Yeah. And maybe renting a garage space if, you, if you're living in the city type thing. So anything from 1,000 to 1,200 is what you're looking for. Wow. That's really, that's, that's why I think a lot of people are starting to, to kind of explore, uh, Europe. I mean, the same, the same thing is happening in Portugal. It's happening in Spain, parts of France. 
Italy, Greece um, is really incredibly <laughs> affordable too. I mean, there's some nice apartments um, from what I've learned you can get for a hundred, 150 bucks a month. It's um, and it's to me, I mean, it's such a beautiful part of the world. It's like one of the most magnificent, in my opinion, I think there's the Mediterranean region is the most beautiful part of the world that I've been to. Like, so I've never been to like, um, you know, Indonesia or Malaysia yet, or, um, and those areas where I hear quite, quite beautiful, like Bali, um, you know, and I've never been to areas like, uh, you know, the Tahitian islands, Tahiti and, um, that where I hear it's just stunningly beautiful. But my experience in the Mediterranean, I've this, I was just every direction, like you say, you walk out and you look around and it's like every direction is a postcard. It's so pretty, you know, and to, be able, and to be able to live there, um, you know, affordably is, is, is very eye-opening for a lot yeah. of people. The, um, as you said, the Mediterranean, it's probably the sweet spot because it's, it's, you're not just, if you go to like Tahiti or like one of those islands, you're kind of isolated, right? It's like quite, you know, isolated, but here you're kind of in the middle you got Greece on one side, you got um, Italy, Spain, and you can roam around quite easily and uh, getting about is quite accessible. And you can like today, if you feel like you can drive up nine hours and be in another country. Yeah, that's one good thing about Europe and like the central part, then Australia, like uh, you got to drive 10 hours to be on the, to get to the next state. <laughs> And, yeah. and to do whole of Australia, it takes about three weeks. So mm -hmm. doing it in eight hours, you're in like another country. And then further north, you go like across three countries in 12 hours. So yeah. <laughs> it's quite um, central. And I think the lifestyle is pretty laid back. Um, the only note that I would like to make here is that if you're young and uh, career-wise, unless your kind of profession is one of the like most... Uh, right at the top it's very hard to find work for a working professional young couple that's one note that i like to make and then it gets even harder because um, they kind of tend to stay local and get local people who speak the language um, you don't even get jobs advertised here you rarely see them advertise mm -hmm. and you rarely hear people calling up for an interview so it's really catered for somebody who kind of want to see change and, uh, or, or retired. Well, that sounds like it's going to keep that area safe from, you know, an influx of people, because one of the things that I know a lot of expats look for is they look for an expat community that they can connect with. Right. So they're not, they don't feel isolated because most expats, they move to a, a location and they really can't speak the language fluently. So they have to learn it over time and that takes work and it takes practice and it takes study. And if there aren't other expats that you can bond with, you feel you can easily feel isolated in some of those communities, which will keep people away. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Um, here, I was like looking to find, I was looking for lemongrass to make one of my curries that my parents used to make back in Sri Lanka. I kid you not, it took me three months to find lemongrass. And the only one 
that they could find were they had a post-it uh, from Bologna or some or some other state. Yeah. Which uh, is kind of a good thing as well because you still feel like you're in a different place. In Australia, walk down the road, there's a Thai restaurant, a Chinese restaurant, and there's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Sometimes staying here, you feel like, ah, oh, right, I'm in a different part of the world. It kind of reminds you. Yeah. There's no pubs. Uh, that's something that I used to love doing every Friday <laughs> and Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, like you, you definitely feel like you're living somewhere else um, when you come over in a good way. That sounds like a good opportunity, though, too. You know, to, to you know, as these you're you're there, and maybe that is an opportunity to open up a pub <laughs> because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's just like because. Yeah, yeah as as more people discover certain areas then then you know usually there oftentimes expats will say hey i we need one of these and then they do it and they they yeah. open it up and it makes it that much more interesting than the next person moves in and they open up another one and then there's another place that open, you know it just kind of blossoms like that yeah, what well, what I've seen another another different aspect is a lot of young Italians. They do go. They 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 fly to the US. They spend like a they do a gap year or working holiday thing in Australia somewhere else. So they're kind of open to these ideas. So there are lots of new bars popping up and cocktails. Before you go there, you have three drinks: white wine, red wine, or a spritz. Mm-hmm. And there are still that. My, my in-laws generation or, or the one before they're still very conservative you know you see something a bit different they they get a bit of a shock but i think now that that perfect they've hit the perfect balance because a lot of the young people they go explore the world they come back they want to introduce that to this culture yeah so you can go down to the to the bar and have a really fancy cocktail uh, with imported ingredients but then have lunch at this little tortilla, and uh, it's, it's it's this lady still making like the pasta in front of you, like you know that kind of stuff. They don't even have menus. Like there's a restaurant here, uh, run by an old lady, and uh, she hasn't changed a recipe. She has five things on the menu, and she doesn't have a menu, so she tells you what she's going to cook you. Yeah. So you kind of get both worlds now. I think that culture shift and open to new ideas by the younger generation. It's it's kind of making room for new opportunities. Like they'll go to a pub or they'll go to this fancy winery and, you know, do something yeah. like that. Yeah. Do, do a lot of people go to that, that woman's restaurant, the, the older lady that you talk of? Is she pretty popular yeah. there? She's very popular and all my friends are taking them there and there hasn't been any complaints. Like they love it. Yeah, they love it. You can taste it in the food and the atmosphere as well. Yeah, because those places just don't exist any longer. You know, I mean, they, especially in America, they don't exist here. So when you find, you know, people like that that are, you know, this is what I make. This is a set menu. You can't order. This is it. This is what yeah. I'm specializing in today. Like it or leave it. This is it. You know, but it's the, yeah. the food is usually so good. When you find those places and, and it's you can't replicate this kind of stuff and it's just the atmosphere the lady walks in with an apron i remember my friend goes i want this because i told him i had this before just tell her that you want this she came to her, him and said look i don't have this today 
but you'll be having this. No, not that. Do you want this? You'll be having this. Right. And he goes like, what is it? You'll see what it is. So the guy didn't even know what he was eating. That's so funny, man. It is, yeah. man. It's just like, and you know, she's successful and cranky and she's like, nobody's going to tell me how to do it. Yeah. I, bet. I wish um, my generation, like their grandkids, would sort of keep the tradition going, but like, it's a bit of a dying art around here. Yeah. This lady who makes this really awesome, I call them Abruzzo cupcakes, which has like a wine, like grape paste in the middle yeah. and the pastry. She doesn't have a website. She, she only has an old telephone. She has this kitchen. She's working 24 hours to make it. Like she, the recipe is in her head and her children doesn't want to take initiative. So there's so many people flocking to get this. We'll get this new business going. She said, no, it dies with me because unless <laughs> my bloodline continues this, you're not going to have it. <laughs> so you got a bit of that going too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's like a bummer. You're right. People can't even offer her money to buy the the, idea, the, no. the recipe. It's gonna die with her. That's a, that's amazing. So, um, tell me what what do you, what do you like the most about this transition that you make? I mean, it, it, you made it's a it, you know from from move. How many years were you in Australia? And then, um, yeah, how many years did you live there? Uh, just over fifteen years. 15 years. Okay. So that's meant, that's a lot of years in Australia. And then how has the transition been? And what have you, what have you liked the most about um, living in Italy? Yeah. Initially it was a bit hard because it was COVID and it was a really bad state. The country was in a really bad state. So coming into the middle of that was a bit of a shock. Then I had a bit of a culture shock, how things, because my adult life, I've been working very efficiently, especially in aviation. You had to be exactly like precise. If you say it's eight o'clock or hundred grams of something, here's just whatever you feel like, whenever you think. So that has been a little bit of a adjustment, but on like so many positives, um, there's a lot of things that I had to deal with my visas and stuff like that unnecessarily, but. For me, it's the slow paced life. Like sometimes you wonder, like I'd rather earn a little bit less money and live in this part of the world than uh, sort of just working, working, working. Um, that's something, that's that's the biggest thing for me. And everywhere is nature. And I'm fortunate enough to uh, live in the middle of a vineyard and just, you know, <laughs> do my thing and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a big change and it's for the better. Like we're, we're, we're way less stressed. Um, we're eating good food. Yeah. Everything is like, seriously, we're like the wine. We know who made it. There's no medicine. It's all natural. Olive oil comes from my garden. Eggs are being exchanged from the lady next door. So we kind of know where things are coming from and we eat to the seasons as well. Like that's a big thing around here. So you don't get things all season in little shops. You, you know, you just go to like, this is asparagus season. You go and get that. And then you get the walnuts type thing. Then when, uh, when it's like winter, you start growing beans. Like people eat to the season. And it's actually, they have a lot of good health benefits that we don't 
like realize because everything's accessible in the mm -hmm. supermarket back in Australia. Sure. But here people do eat and they live longer and they live very happily. Yeah. 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 You know, one thing I didn't ask you, what is the climate like there year round? So it's, they follow the four um, seasons. Um, we're in autumn now. Um, the average temperature around now is about 10 to 12 degrees. Mm -hmm. um, it will have a snow dump in a few weeks time. It's a bit early this year. Um, then it just goes to about zero to, you know, five degrees. Mm -hmm. And then during summer, it's scorching hot. Sometimes you got like 40 degree days. So it's a bit continental, a bit Mediterranean. Like, so you get all everything around here. So you do get some snow over there. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, the mountains, uh, if this was during the day, I would have turned the camera and showed you. Uh, from my window, I could see the top of the mountains all covered in snow. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Okay. A, yeah, and uh, skiing, a really good spot. Mm -hmm. And it's for free. Most of the ski lifts are free. Really? Which is all great, yeah. How far, how a, far is that from you? Uh, 30 minutes. Wow. There was one that was free last year, but... Normally, you pay like ten bucks a day, and you know, just just use the ski lift. They're just nonstop. They keep going. Wow, wow, that is that's that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. The um, well, it sounds like you're. I mean, you have access to so many great places, and you're like a couple couple hours away from Rome. You're you're right on the, the uh, near the beach, um, and uh, and the mountains. Um, the, is the hiking quite nice there? Very, very nice. Yeah. Um, a lot of people go, obviously, you know, you need to know what you're doing, but uh, there's a lot of truffles in, around here, black truffles, which is not mm. the most expensive truffle, but they're still truffles and they taste delicious. Um, they're about 25 minutes up the road. Mm -hmm. um, and then further up you go, you can visit these little towns. And if you go on a Sunday, you just walk around the town and just stroll into a tiny totteria run by a non or something like that. So mm -hmm. nice. Just break your hike, hike that way. There's some nice lakes up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people do the coastal one, uh, the route now. There's a place called Wasto, and they go up to about um, 25Ks up the road. Mm -hmm. And it's just a coastal bike ride. So you can, they give you a picnic basket. And then you put it on your bike and you just have a picnic on the beach, like, you know, stop wherever you feel like, and then do that. So you got wow. a bit of activities around here. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that, the next you have to do is you got to get one of those backpacks where you can carry your child. So when you go yeah. on those long hikes, you know, or you get those little backpacks, that's what I had when I had my son, he's 11 now, yeah. but same right. thing. And then you can get one of those little, those carriers that you put on the back of your bike too. So I used to yeah, yeah. carry them around on my bike all the time as well. Nice. But, uh, is Do you travel with him? Um, we have not. Our big our big trip was going to be Italy um, last year. Well, you know, before COVID hit, we planned. Uh, and then uh, so I used to live in New York and I'm originally from the Detroit area in Mich Michigan. So Michigan. I, yeah. I go back and and visit uh family there and family and and friends in new york city and he's he's gone you know so he he loves going to new york because it's it's exciting you know so we just yeah. actually went to a yankee game not that long ago 
Um, oh, very cool. And he was he was in awe because it's the first time he's ever experienced a big professional game in a in a, a huge stadium with all these screaming lunatic fans, you know. Um, so it was a great experience. But uh, yeah, we haven't done anything with him overseas yet, and I think we're still going to wait because um, it's it you know it's with all this COVID mess still it's still it's kind of it's a lot yeah, of unknowns. Uh, it's just tough, you know, yeah. right now. So. We're going to wait till things settle down and then and then figure it out from there. But is there anything else that I, that's all I have, Udhana? Um, is there anything else that you can think of that we 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 missed or that you'd like to share about your experience or your town or Italy at all? That um... uh, Italy Italy is a very beautiful place and it has a lot of things to offer. And if for holidaying, it is the perfect spot to land and especially during summer and uh, but if you're coming here to live long term or short term you've got to have a lot of patience and don't take things personally so people here if they kind of can't relate if they can't relate to you um, or speak in English or do something like that they kind of walk away so they're not being rude it's just they don't want to get involved. But then there are some absolutely hospitable people that will go out of their way to help you out. So don't take things personally if, you know, 10 people snub you. But there'll be like another 20 people that'll be willing to help. So have a lot of patience. And uh, I'm sorry to say, but this is the best time to travel Italy because... <laughs> There's hardly any tourists around. We went to Rome. We saw all the attractions in a matter of a few hours. And we we're like, well, now what do we do? Because it, was, it is near empty, which is sort of a good thing, but it's a sad side as well because it's not, you know, the economy still needs a lot of, yeah, we call it jump-starting. Yeah. But um, it is a beautiful place. If you're coming to live here, make sure you do your research, get onto those expat groups before you move here and speak to your, um, like what do you call it, the embassies and get as much information uh, before you come. Yeah. <laughs> Expect a lot of change. Um, sometimes you'll be on the plane and you know this is the regulation. By the time it lands in Rome, it would have changed. So be ready for that too. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Udhana Abe Sakara. Thank you so much for being on this and sharing your experience, your, your journey, all your wisdom. Um, and uh, congratulations on, on your, your, your baby that's coming. Um, you're, you're just a terrific interviewer and, and, uh, and I really appreciate all that insight that you provided. Um, it's just valuable and incredibly helpful. Um, so thank you, man. I appreciate it very much. Uh -huh. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, you're doing a really, really cool job. Like you're taking time to interview all these people and give a lot of insight. So, and this is firsthand and what you're doing is pretty awesome. Keep doing it. Yeah. And, thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah. I've been meet, and that's the, the joy of it. I meet people like you and, and it's uh, and I'm in awe of all the things that you've done. You know, I mean, it's just, it's like, I've never flown a plane. I've always wanted to fly a plane, but you know, sail, sailing boats, but you've, like you said, you know, you've, you've lived and 
uh, Sri Lanka, then Australia. I'm meeting people that have lived all over. And like you said, your daughter's going to be born and she's going to have three passports. And I, that's just awesome, man. I just love that because you have access to the world and there's nothing better than to live in different places, to under, to learn about yourself, to grow as a human being and to be just the best person you can be, you know, to expose yourself to the differences in, in each other, because that really helps you understand. And you're right. I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about, um, how certain areas can be off-putting with people. And it's so important to understand, never take any of that personally. Um, such a great point to make. It's just not personal. It's, it's really yeah. more about, about, about them. It's cultural differences. Sometimes it's, it, people don't want to get involved. And you're right. Very true. Well, thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you for your time. And, no, thank uh, you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you do have any other things that you need, you know, guidance or help or uh, people need, you know, people have questions, please send me a message and I'll be happy to help. Will do. Will do. Well, you have a great rest of your, your evening. And um, thanks again, bud. Thank you. Have a okay. good one. Take Cheers. care. Bye.